welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, by whom we are redeemed and receive adoption, look graciously upon your beloved sons and daughters, that those who believe in Christ may receive true freedom and an everlasting inheritance. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Say to all faint hearts, courage, do not be afraid. Look, your God is coming. Vengeance is coming. The retribution of God, he is coming to save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unsealed. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongues of the dumb sing for joy. For water gushes in the desert, streams in the wasteland, the scorched earth becomes a lake, the parched land springs of water. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord, my soul. It is the Lord who keeps faith forever, who is just to those who are oppressed. It is he who gives bread to the hungry, the Lord who sets prisoners free. Praise the Lord, my soul. It is the Lord who gives sight to the blind, who raises up those who are bowed down, the Lord who loves the just, the Lord who protects the stranger. Praise the Lord, my soul. The Lord upholds the widow and orphan, but thwarts the path of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. Zion's God from age to age. Praise the Lord, my soul. A reading from the letter of St. James. My brothers, do not try to combine faith in Jesus Christ, our glorified Lord, with the making of distinctions between classes of people. Now suppose a man comes into your synagogue, beautifully dressed and with a gold ring on, and at the same time a poor man comes in, in shabby clothes, and you take notice of the well-dressed man and say, Come this way to the best seats. Then you tell the poor man, Stand over there, or You can sit on the floor by my footrest. Can't you see that you have used two different standards in your mind and turned yourselves into judges and corrupt judges at that? Listen, my dear brothers, it was those who are poor according to the world that God chose to be rich in faith and to be the heirs to the kingdom which he promised to those who love him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom and healed all those who were sick. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Returning from the district of Tyre, Jesus went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee, 
right through the Decapolis region. And they brought him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech. And they asked him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd. He put his fingers into the man's ears and touched his tongue with spittle. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and the ligament of his tongue was loosened, and he spoke clearly. And Jesus ordered them to tell no one about it. But the more he insisted, the more widely they published it. Their admiration was unbounded. He has done all things well, they said. He makes the deaf hear and the dumb speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so the Gospel passage begins with some geographical details. The Lord Jesus has completed a journey into pagan territory. Uh, We hear about Tyre and Sidon. Uh, And then he comes through um, a Greek-influenced area that's called the Decapolis region, and he's coming back into Jewish territory, right around the Sea of Galilee. Now, it's an important little detail because it's in the land of Israel, the people of God, that the deaf and dumb man is brought to Christ. If we stop and look at this sort of at a symbolic level, Jesus, having come into the land of Israel, should be among people who hear the word of God and who proclaim it to the people around them. But we see that here we have one who is deaf and impaired in his speech. He becomes a kind of example representing all of Israel. Now, Israel was the people gathered by God and addressed by him. The Lord spoke to Israel, and they were to be the hearers of his word. On Mount Sinai, God spoke to Moses and gave him the law. Coming down the mountain, Moses addressed Israel gathered before him, and he spoke God's word to them. And then we read in the book of Exodus that the people all replied with one accord, whatever the Lord has said, we will do. So Israel, as the people of God, are the ones to whom God speaks, and Israel is the people who listens. God addressed them in the law of Moses, and he continued to address his people through the prophets. God is the one who speaks, and Israel is called to listen. And this is so central to the identity of Israel as the people of God that twice a day, morning and evening, the Israelites were taught to pray the great prayer and profession of their faith, the Shema Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That great prayer begins with the first instruction to Israel. Hear. Listen. So, having been the people who heard the word of God, Israel was then to be the light to the nations. Israel would be the sign to the world that it worshipped the one true God. That Israel was the people who lived by God's law. 
and hearing and heeding the word of God, Israel would proclaim this word to the world. A faithful Israel would be marked by hearing the word of God and then by obeying the word. And then by obeying the word, Israel would proclaim this word to all the nations. In being the people of God, Israel would listen and then speak. So when we see Jesus enter once again into Jewish territory, he encounters a man who is deaf and dumb. We can take him as an image of those in Israel who have become deaf and dumb, neither hearing the word nor being able to proclaim it. This isn't how it ought to be. And so in healing this man, Christ is not only showing pity on one guy, he's showing pity on all of Israel. He's drawing them back to hearing and to proclaiming. Jesus is bringing about a new beginning. Israel was unique because it was chosen by God. It was set apart. God spoke to them. And in the pattern of the miracle, we see the Lord Jesus draws the man out from the crowd, away from the others. He puts his fingers into his ears and spittle on his tongue. And in a richly evocative way, the Lord establishes a new link between God and this man. Ephata, be opened. Be open to receiving the word of God. Be opened to live and proclaim what you have heard. We can see in Jesus an invitation to be the new Israel, the new people addressed by God, set apart to hear the word of God and to proclaim it. We see in this miracle not only Jesus' immediate concern for this one man, but we see revealed his saving mission to the new Israel, the new people of God, the church. Just as God drew Israel from Egypt into the desert and there spoke his word to them, and made them his people, so too Christ now draws this man, this Israel, who has grown deaf and mute, away from the crowd once more, in order to open him to God. Now, biblical scholars will probably wag their finger at me for this, but um, I want to bring in a little concept from St. John's Gospel. He writes in the prologue that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that the Word took flesh. For John, this Word that God speaks breaks into the world and is born, born of the Virgin. But the prologue then goes on. He said that the Word of God came into the world, and the world did not receive him. Well, why not? Why had Israel grown insensitive to the sound of this word? Why did they not perceive the word of God that was addressed to them in the very person of Jesus Christ? Once again, we can see this deaf and dumb man as a kind of icon of the deafness of humanity to the word which is spoken in the flesh to Jesus himself. Now, I think it's quite telling that Jesus overcomes this deafness by kind of poking his fingers into the ears of the man. 
by putting his spittle into the mouth of this man. Jesus really goes out of himself and kind of breaks into the deafness of the other. Now, of course, Jesus isn't invading (laughs) this poor man. He, in fact, has been invited, right? The deaf man has come seeking healing. And yet there really is a great sense that Jesus has to push past an obstacle. So up until now, we've said that, you know, this deaf and dumb man kind of stands as an icon of Israel that had grown deaf to the word of God. Uh, But maybe now we can also say that this man stands as a bit of an icon of ourselves in the ways in which we can grow deaf to God. You know, we come to our Lord Jesus seeking that healing, asking him to give us ears that can hear and a mouth that can speak. And yet there's an obstacle that Jesus has to kind of break through, which for us makes for an interesting problem, doesn't it? I want to hear the word of God, but there's a kind of control that I fear losing. Best case scenario might be a kind of selective hearing where I can filter out that which I want to receive and that which I'd rather reject. So I suppose it kind of provokes the question, why do we deafen our ears to the voice of God? Why am I reluctant to receive every word that comes from the mouth of God as that which will nourish me even more than the bread I eat? Is it perhaps that I'm frightened of what he will say or ask? Is it perhaps that I'm suspicious that what God has to say to me might not, in fact, be good news for me. Maybe we come to the Lord with hearts that are open, but not perfectly open. Maybe we come to the Lord with ears that long to hear, but but don't want to run the risk of hearing everything. Well, the Lord says this to us. He says, Is there anyone among you who would hand his son a stone when he asked for bread? Or would hand him a snake when he asked for a fish? If you then who are evil as you are know how to give your children what is good, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? When God speaks to us, His words are indeed good news. Even when his word is challenging and calls me to repentance, even when his word calls me to stand apart from those around me, yes, it might be difficult, but the Father hasn't given us a snake or a stone. He's given us his son. He's given us his word. I think that's a beautiful turn of phrase in English. When we say, I give you my word, I make a promise to you, a pledge. And that's what the Father has done. He has given us his word. Because the word is made flesh and dwells among us. The Father has addressed us, spoken his word to us. 
But he's not there to manipulate or to dominate. His word, even when it's challenging, is for our salvation and our flourishing. Now, Pope Benedict, in his homily to commemorate the beginning of his pontificate, gave this personal testimony. And I love this quote, and I quote it often. Here's what he said during his homily when he began his ministry as Pope. He said, If we let Christ enter fully into our lives, if we open ourselves totally to him, are we not afraid that he might take something away from us? Are we not perhaps afraid to give up something significant, something unique, something that, make, something that makes life so beautiful? Do we not then risk ending up diminished and deprived of our freedom? No. If we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing of what makes life free, beautiful and great. And so today, with great strength and great conviction, on the basis of a long personal experience of life, I say to you, dear young people, do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away, and he gives you everything. There's Pope Benedict's advice. He says that we need to open ourselves totally to him, to throw open the doors to Christ. And I tell you what, I think we need a little bit of help with that. Like the deaf and dumb man, we come to the Lord Jesus seeking his friendship, but also experiencing an obstacle. Wanting to have hearts opened, but struggling to bring them fully to the Lord. So let's ask him to touch that which remains an obstacle in his path and with a sigh to cry out, Ephatha, be opened. May our ears be opened to receiving the word which is Jesus. May we be open even when it's challenging because the word of God will not leave us poorer of anything which makes life truly rich, beautiful and full. Thanks for praying with us and may God bless you abundantly so that this day may give glory to God the Father.